I'm Elizabeth Gaffney. Let's take a moment to consider what this area was like in the 1860s, before the Brooklyn Bridge was built. City Hall was completed in 1811, and so it looked pretty much the same. The Tweed Courthouse, to the right of City Hall, on Chambers Street, was constructed from 1861 to 1872, and was notorious for the fraud that jacked up its price tag from a projected quarter million dollars to a then almost inconceivable 12 million. Everything else was pretty different back then. The skyline that you see around you wasn't there. Most of the buildings in the city were still made of wood at this point, and for the most part were one, two, or three stories high. It's a busy area today, but in the middle of the 19th century, this area was the center of Manhattan's business district, and probably as crowded as Midtown is today on an average weekday. In 1870, when ground was broken on the Brooklyn Tower of the Bridge, the population of Manhattan was 972,000. Brooklyn, which was still a separate city until 1898, had just under 420,000 residents. Today, Manhattan has over one and a half million residents, and Brooklyn has almost two and a half million. Suffice it to say, the street itself was incredibly loud and crowded. This was how one of the many New York guides of the era described the wildly cacophonous street scene on Lower Broadway. From morning to night, there moves by an ever-changing procession of vehicles that have poured into the great artery from a thousand tributaries. And to cross Broadway at times at this spot, one must needs be a sort of animated billiard ball with power to carom from wheel to wheel until he can safely pocket his personal corporacity on the opposite walk. The crash of vehicles here is sometimes so great as to delay movement for 10 minutes or more. It requires the greatest energy on the part of the police to disentangle the dense, chaotic mass and set it in progress again. For those who are not obliged to cross the choked-up thoroughfare, the scene is full of a brief amusement. Hack drivers, truckmen, omnibus drivers, all swearing vehemently at each other or interchanging all sorts of chaff, passengers indignantly railing at the delay, and police officers yelling and waving their clubs in their attempts to get the machinery of travel again running smoothly. The streets here would have been paved with the rectangular stones, known as Belgian blocks, of the sort that can still be seen on some streets downtown and in Soho. One of the reasons it was so incredibly loud on the street at that time had to do with the wheels of the carriages. The ubiquitous omnibuses and horse-drawn streetcars all had metal wheels. Through 1849, almost the only paving material in New York City was cobblestones. Cobblestones were round stones, not cut or shaped to fit, but found and then lined up and joined together by sand, clay, and dirt. They made for extraordinarily bumpy and uneven, muddy surfaces. Better, perhaps, than rutted, muddy dirt roads, but far inferior to the flat Belgian blocks which came into wide use in New York City beginning around 1859 and were thought to be an improvement. They were set tightly in place and had squared corners. But even Belgian blocks, which in New York were cut from the trap rock of the New Jersey Palisades, were not ideal. They quickly wore to a smooth and slippery surface that gave poor traction for horses' hooves 
and furthermore, the constant pressure of carriage wheels caused the blocks to shift, leaving the surface rutted once again, the ride bumpy, and the ambient noise level high.